I'll do the first part, you do the second part, and then I'll practice it. This week, a man in a van, a frog in a dump. How did we get there? Let's know. find out. I don't know, man. Say let's find out again, sir. Let's find out. This is Philip Paul. The Rules is a podcast in which Adam and I brainstorm, write, and discuss stories which we then present in the episode. The stories we write are based on a set of rules which we must follow. So, Phil, you've probably seen what this episode's about. I'm going to quickly describe it, though. So if any listeners out there don't know, I'm a trained audio engineer, so sound has a special place in my heart, and I guess my ears as well. I love listening. I can gladly just walk, listen to the sounds around me, and be satisfied. But that's boring. So I like to embark on hunts for interesting sounds. The internet has provided many fantastic sonic venues to pursue said hunt. I love browsing freesoundproject.org. It's a website where people upload random audio snips of songs, field recordings, anything really. It's where I get most of the sound effects for this show. I love to go on there and just listen to random sounds and see what strange auditory nuggets I can dig up. So this week, I went on there and tried to find some common sounds and some uncommon sounds. I picked three to use for our prompts. So I'm going to play them for you, and then I'm going to give us the rules. So Philip, for this week, here are the sounds that we must use. That's horrible. It is. What do you think it is? Do you know what it is? I think it's a car crusher in a gro- in a in a junkyard. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's called hydraulic pump. You can hear glass breaking. So yeah, and here's the next one. Any idea what that is? Um, well, I thought that it might be a door in a store, but it, it goes on far too long. It could be a particularly shaky cat. Like a, <laughs> like a sick old cat that's always shaken. It's that's got a little bell on it. And it's got a bell on it. <laughs> no. Um, I can see when I listen to it now, that's what it sounded like to me as well. Kind of a bell. It's a empty bottle being rolled on pavement. Oh. Yeah. And what then, a great image. And then for the last one. sounds like a disgusting animal it does and it is kind of a disgusting animal the name of that and the main reason i clicked on this the name of that recording is frogs on airfield (laughs) 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 it's very specific but apparently that's frogs i can kind of see it we grew up in the country so we heard a lot of frogs no frogs i ever heard sound like that yeah and maybe just the whatever breed of frog we have out here in New Brunswick is different than whatever, wherever this person recorded this, these airfield frogs. My mother calls them peepers. <laughs> All right. So here are the rules. The story must be inspired by those three sounds. And the story must be from the point of view of someone who cannot see. All right. You up for this challenge? 
Just barely, but yes. I'm not. I have no idea what to do. Although I'm going to say this. Earfield frogs, definitely some kind of monster. They sound pretty terrifying. Some mutant, could be mutant, mutant airfield frogs. Frogs that have become mutated and are half plain, half frog. That's pretty good, man. Or they're just, uh, they're air traffic control frogs. Oh, yeah. Seizing control of the air. Seizing control of the air. Well, I'm so. going to say this first. I have no visual impairment at all. So I feel a little funny writing as if I am someone that does. However, I think it's a great challenge. And it's great to put yourself in those shoes. <clears throat> yeah. But, it, but if anyone is visually impaired and we mess it up, we're just trying to write a story. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. It doesn't even... The visual impairment can be a blindfold. Mm. The only thing I said is that they can't see. We didn't say why they can't see. Maybe they just <laughs> accidentally pepper sprayed themselves. Oh, and then it could be uh, the pepper spray is rolling down the cement. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, here. Okay, I'm ready to begin. Okay. A man, a boy. A boy. A young man is uh, tagging uh, the side of a building out by the airfield. Okay. Uh, he lives on the army base. His father's the, 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 the corporal there. Yep. And he's uh, he's spray painting. And, you know, the wind just changes. He gets some in his eyes. Ugh. Oh, nasty. And uh, he drops the spray can. It's rolling down the pavement. All he can hear is the frogs, the stupid airfield frogs. And he's he's so angry. He's punching the wall and then that's the story that's the end <laughs> and then he gets crushed in a hydraulic press oh right he was in a hydraulic press the whole time maybe he's upset he's got some teenage angst because there was a vehicle he really wanted and then it got crushed in a hydraulic press and this is his way of expressing his anger tagging buildings Maybe he's tagging frogs. He's a real devil of a kid. He's just, he's tagging the sentence, the convertible was mine. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the airfield frogs are inside of a car and they're mutated. And the only way, the only way to get rid of them, it's that end of a horror movie kind of scenario where they finally get the car into the hydraulic press and they're crushing the frogs. <laughs> that's, that's dark. That's cruelty to animals. I'm not doing that. PETA, we apologize. That okay, was not our idea. Here's an idea. Okay. So, Jimmy drives down to the automobile disposal shop yeah. that happens to be run by um, these frogs. The frog family, they're the, the Kermits. So, he goes down to the Kermits auto body um, and paint shop paint shop as well as a it's a it's a dump for cars yep he shows up with his old car and he's like hey kermits i gotta get rid of this old thing what do you give me for it and they're like i don't know man it's pretty pretty gross pretty, pretty bad dumpy. car and they're they're all they're all discussing it in their frog frog lingo i know that the car gets crushed he watches it get crushed He's drinking a cold brew and Wait, he drops Wait, does he drive it. there? Yep. He can't see. <laughs> or maybe he can't see when he's there. Something gets in his eyes. They spit in his eyes. They're so, they're so insulted by his stupid, his stupid offer of his crappy car that they spit right in his eyes. Or he just and says as everyone something. knows, frogs spit acid. 
Little known fact discovered today by me, Adam Ganong, confirmed by National Geographic. I oh, do he definitely says something rude to the frog family. He's he like, uses a slang term that only frogs yeah, can use. He, he he calls them slime bellies. Okay, I actually have a story idea, I think. Okay. So this man has to travel from point A to point B. Yep. He needs help doing it. So he um, he's big in online forms and stuff, and he finally finds someone who is going to drive him in his car that he owns to point B. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, he finally meets them and they only have one conversation. They get in the car and start driving. As they talk more and more, he realizes that he's not driving with a human. He's driving with a frog. Oh. The frog who can barely reach the pedals, who can barely <laughs> see over the steering wheel. And the frog's just, you know. How big is the frog? You know, he's he's a normal sized frog. He's he's four foot five. Four That's foot five bad. inches. No, he's small, but he's not. He's not too. He's not abnormally small for one of these types of frogs. So and he's not really made to drive a vehicle. No, like he can't quite see. He has to tilt his head to the side. Yeah, I feel. Because frogs' heads are kind of pointing up, so if he's using his arms and his head staring at the ceiling... No, so he's yeah. doing this. He's like... He's at an angle? One eye pointed... So he can always see behind him, too. Yeah. There's no blind spots for he, frog. He no blind spots. He can just merge. <laughs> he doesn't... Which is a great benefit. He yeah. can just merge whenever he wants. I mean, he gets some nasty uh, cramps in his neck, but he's fine. So, the 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 man... I just realized I didn't want to write a blind character. Same thing though. We could we could make it so it's a temporary blindness. He was eating Tabasco hot sauce, and as a prank, a friend shoved his head into his plate of food, and now he's point B is the hospital. Oh my god! <laughs> so he calls the friend was a frog. <laughs> we think this a human. Uh, or okay. he calls in. He calls in. He has two apps on his phone. <laughs> one is Uber, and one is Frog Uber. <laughs> And he accidentally clicked on Frog Frog Uber by accident. And so Mr. Frogsworth shows up. (laughs) And then they get into a horrific car accident with this screeching metal sound as they get crushed. Oh no! And then uh, he thanks God for his blindness. As he hears the frog die. Oh, it got real dark. Uh, um, So here's an idea I came up with, kind of changing things from the idea of um, anthropomorphic frogs. I don't know why I keep thinking this, but they're inside a submarine. And the commanding officer has been tied up, gagged, and a blindfold is over his eyes. And now the whoever, let's say people have mutinied against him and they're trying to do something, but they're all incompetent idiots and they're maybe looking for treasure. And so the thing, the whole story is a conversation between him and them. He'll go, don't open that safe that's marked frogs. You don't want to release those frogs out into the open. And they say, we wouldn't do that. And then he hears, rivet, 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 rivet. You opened the safe, didn't you? No, we didn't open the safe. That would be a great setting to use the um, the metal sound because that could be the submarine like hitting crashing something. into something or just like who's driving rubbing. this sub, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Although I have a fear of submarines crashing underwater, so I've got one. Okay, so imagine 
a stakeout. Okay. So the private investigator is sitting in his van. Yeah. Listening intently. And he just, he, he had his computer screen on, but it was bothering him. He flicks it off. So it's all dark. It's all dark. And all he can hear is these, these frogs. They've been going forever. And he's like, man, I know there's a swamp nearby, but they're so loud. It's weird. Yeah. But he has to focus. He's got to listen because he's going to catch the person he's been waiting for in about half an hour. He's just got to hold in there for half an hour and he should be able to get the audio recording he needs to prove that they, you know, that he is right. Yeah. And he can satisfy his client and make his money. Yeah. Half an hour. There's something about being stuck in the back of a windowless van that makes you go a little crazy. Maybe it's the midsummer heat. Maybe it's the pitch black for hours on end. But by hour three, I was starting to lose it a little. So there I was, wearing nothing but my boxers and my headphones, trying my best to pick out sounds in the building across the street. I'd set up the van earlier and adjusted the directional mic to pick up anything that came from the apartment on the second floor, where Dr. Earl Peppers lived. His wife knew about his apartment. In fact, he had never kept it a secret from her. But when he stopped coming home at night, she hired me to check in on him and figure out what he was up to. I'd already come to the conclusion that he must be having an affair, but to get the evidence I needed, I would have to do the grunt work. I'd found a call log that showed him making calls from the apartment regularly to an unlisted phone number. But the trail had ended there. Now I was in the van, painstakingly listening for any sounds, hoping that when he went to work he'd left a friend behind in his apartment. Either way, he should be home soon. He always walks home from the university at noon hour to eat lunch. I secretly hoped he was having an affair. Anything to get me out of this van. Through the headphones, I strained and heard the now very familiar sound of wind rushing through the window, moving the drapes, and gently pushing a vase across the floor. It had tipped an hour ago, and now it lay there, slowly making circles on the tiled floor. I groaned and wiped the sweat from my forehead. I'd just finished eating the last of my food when the frogs started. It was weird. The closest stream was half a mile away. Ironically, the doctor was some sort of amphibian biologist. I considered that he may have some frogs in the apartment. He was a scientist, after all. I relaxed and listened as the ribbits echoed off one another. I didn't need to close my eyes to imagine I was somewhere else. The van was so dark I let my eyes dance around, pretending I was dipping my toes into cold water as the sun set, listening to the frogs singing in the water, Like I said, you can go a little crazy on stakeouts like this one. Half an hour had gone by. The doctor really should have made it home by then. But I couldn't hear him. The familiar sound of his keys sliding into the lock hadn't come, and I was left waiting, guessing. That is when I heard it. Below the sound of frogs, outside of my headphones maybe, I could hear metal on metal grinding together like a car being crushed at a junkyard. 
I never break concentration on jobs like this. Those moments when you break your focus are when big things happen. You can mess up a whole job in a second if you aren't careful. But something told me I should check this out. Some intuition only a PI has told me something was wrong. I took off the headphones and still heard the frogs. If anything, they were louder. I stood upright and smacked my temple on the ceiling. Something was wrong. The ceiling of the van was lower. It made no sense. I reached my hand up to feel above me and pulled back in pain. I'd cut myself on a sharp piece of metal. Had something landed on top of the van? I pushed the rear door open and strained to see as sunlight flooded in. Still blinded from the light, I jumped to the sidewalk and slipped. I landed in the grass to the side and felt slimy bodies squirming away from where I'd fallen. All around me were frogs, salamanders, toads, and snakes. Thousands. I struggled to stand, slipped twice on the wet grass. That is when I saw the van. Perched on top was a toad the size of a smart car. I stood in disbelief and terror. What was I witnessing? What the hell was going on? The end of the world? It was in that moment that I noticed the leather straps wrapped around the frog's torso and the blue flip-flops that dangled from untanned feet and legs on each side. The doctor's head poked down and looked at me in surprise. Oh, I'm sorry, was this your van? I couldn't answer. I looked down and realized I was only wearing my underwear. It doesn't matter. I've been walked over enough in all my life and now it's time to fight back. I'm not going to be bullied by men like you, whoever you are. Meet the wrath of the amphibian army. And that is how I met Dr. Earl Peppers, the Frog King. I didn't even know what to say about that. Uh, beautiful outro. <laughs> yes, not at all where I saw it going. I had a really fun time building oh that up. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> whoever you are. I will not be pulling <laughs> my bed like you. There's something, there's something so charming about that story because it starts off as being, the way I described it is like a hard-boiled film noir kind of, I'm a P.I., just doing this dirty, dark work that someone's gonna do, and then suddenly you got, you got the Frog King oh, taking man. over the world. I imagine I, I wanted to make this parallel, but it was too late. I forgot to. Um, I wanted to make it so the amphibian king was also in his underwear. <laughs> 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 and he's like, oh, a man after my taste. Yeah, he nods at him. Real, real, real recognizes real. He's just this chubby scientist who loves frogs and snakes. And he's like, oh, I'll never wear pants again when I'm king. Never again shall these legs be fettered. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So I love where you went with yours. So now let's, let's hop into mine. Okay. I just said <laughs> so we got to go into the junkyard, Phil. The junkyard. The junkyard. So that's where our good friend Hugo's working, and today is not going so good for him. What were you thinking? It was just going to be a small weld. Are you stupid? It was just going to take a second. I'm going to have to write you up for this. Come on, don't be like that. Have some compassion. Compassion? You ruined an entire vehicle. Oh, sure, blame everything on the blind frog. 
I let Tommy guide me to the seat and sat down. I could smell the stale, smoky air of the inside of the office I was seldom allowed in. My eyes still stung. Bright colors flashed across my now non-functional eyes. I've got to admit, it was a stupid play on my part. I've been welding since I was a little bit bigger than a tadpole. I should have known better than to try and weld without a mask. We sat in the little waiting room for a few moments. I couldn't tell if the boss's son was fuming or if he was worried. I didn't much care. I just possibly blinded myself. He could have at least shown some sympathy. I didn't realize I'd ruined the car, though. I tried to hop away when the flash hit me and my vision disappeared. I hadn't stayed around for the aftermath. In hindsight, I was lucky that Tommy had been out there and seen me. Was it really that bad? I croaked. I tried to sound repentant, but I feel like I had an edge of indignity mixed in. It was pretty bad. You hit the gas tank. What? It blew up. The whole thing? How did I not notice? You were pretty disoriented out there. I felt that sinking feeling deep in my gut, like the dreamliner of a steady paying job ramming into the iceberg of incompetence. It sank deeper as the sound of the hydraulic press crushing a vehicle came through the open window. Was that? Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. We sat there in silence for a few moments. I didn't know what to say. Fifteen minutes ago, I'd been a happy frog, just welding away, and now, there I was, blind, fearing I was going to lose my job. I, I don't know what to say. It was dumb of me. I paused. I really need this job. The door swung open. I found it. The sinking feeling worsened at the sound of my boss's voice. Found what? Tommy asked. I found it, was the only response that came. I heard Tommy get up and clamber over to his paw. This is it? This is it. After all these years? Wait, how? The explosion. It must have been buried. I saw it peeking through the dirt like it was just waiting to be found. Sir? My voice cracked a little bit. I just want to say how sorry I am. I was foolish. I didn't follow procedures and... Hugo, you've been a good worker, and you made a mistake. I think it may have been destiny, though. I started feeling my way over to where I heard them talking. What do you mean? Hugo, when I took over this shop in 1995, there was a robbery. You remember that? Yeah, of course, the King Street heist. What do you know about it? Uh, nothing. Except the guys were never caught. Oh, they were caught, but not by the cops. Caught by who, then? Let's just say that there were men who had money in there who didn't exactly get along with the authorities. Where are you going with this? Well, Hugo, those men were caught. But the money? Puff. Gone. There were many rumors, and I have a way with rumors. So I figured that the money had to be somewheres in this junkyard. I heard what sounded like a duffel bag being set on a table, knocking over a cup of pens and an empty beer bottle rolled across the floor. A zipper opened and a musty smell filled the room. Take this. I felt a roll of paper being shoved in my hand. I had a good idea of what it was, but I asked anyways. What is this? That is a wad of hundreds, my friend. The duffel bag? Yup. How much? 2.5 million by my estimates. I whistled and sat down. I heard Tommy sit down as well. That's a lot. Yeah, especially for one duffel bag. 
There are 10 more down there, Hugo. You made us rich. Yeah, I said dumbly. But what did I do for me, I thought. I'm gonna say this starting off. I, I think I said it to you. I don't know if it's clear though. Hugo the frog, he was the only frog in that story. The other two guys were humans. That's fine. <laughs> I, I realize I never made that clear, but so I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna talk about a couple things about your story. Sure. So first of all, I like your use of the prompts. Although the vase rolling is not the same as a bottle rolling, same effect, it's the same sound. It'd be the same sound. You would sound. be able to tell, exactly. Yeah. So that was great. You you used the frog prompt better than me because mine was, I used it as a concept of this is a frog. You used the actual sounds of all these frogs yeah. that are going to be there. And um, him not being able to see, although I guess he can see at the end. But other than that, for most of it, he can't see, which satisfies it basically. Yeah. Um, him being in the dark van. Although I must admit when I was first imagining it, I was imagining it being at night. Yeah. It's easy to assume that. Yeah. But I do mention, I do mention, I do mention lunch hour. Yeah. That's that's, when I first noticed when you said he's going to come home on lunch hour and I realized, oh, wait a second. This is during the daytime. It's fairly early in, so it's not, but I realized that I could have introduced it immediately, but it worked. Or he's an eclectic professor fellow who doesn't follow our Ridgelaic timeline of lunch and dinner. I don't think he comes home at 3 a.m. all the time to eat lunch. Oh, that guy. Yeah, the frog Oh, king. I thought you meant the P.I. I was like, that's stupid. He's a P.I. He's the P.I. No. Well, he wouldn't. Yeah, if he was a P.I., he wouldn't have the same timeline as us, as me and you. P.I.s live a different lifestyle, Phil. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I liked your use of the prompts. And then what was the hydraulic one, which was, again, it wasn't hydraulics, but the idea of the crushing sound mm. of the car getting crushed. I like that uh, he didn't feel it because, like... He's just too focused. It's pitch black and the the van could be like shaking a little, but he's like listening intently. Too intently. Doesn't even notice the sound of his own van being crushed. This is true. His livelihood. That's all he owned in the world. Um, He slept in the back of that van. Quite possibly. (laughs) That's why he was in his underwear. Well, I mean, he was in his underwear because it was so hot. Right. Yep. Oh, actually, another thing, but I didn't even notice that. But you did say that. That makes a ton of sense. Yep. I'm pretty smart. You are. <laughs> I had so much fun writing this. It's one of my favorite stories I've written on the rules, I think. It's not my favorite story that you've written, but it definitely has one of my favorite characters. Ah. Which is the Frog King. The Frog King is definitely the highlight. It's so funny. There's so much about that character that I love. Is he is he evil? <laughs> is he he's gotta be kind of evil. Yeah, he's he a says, little evil. Yeah. I think that if if you were to imagine the next scene that that comes after this, it may be him trying to take over the world with his with his amphibian horde yeah which is a hilarious idea and then this pi feels indebted as a like lawfully good character to be like but he's like i better do something about this mess and he has to stop him (laughs) yeah but um but it proves difficult can you imagine him going back to the wife and going okay so husband isn't having an affair However, you might want to sit down for this. And then the classic, he has the folder of the pictures and he sets them down. She opens. There's her husband sitting on top of a giant frog. No, not only that, he's kissing the toad. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cutie toad, I love you. The Frog King is definitely um, 
definitely a little evil. I also like, where is it? He was wearing flip flops. <laughs> yeah. Flip flops and underwear. That's it. <laughs> Adam, your story was terrific. Oh, thank you. I like your use of the prompts. And typically when we make these rules, I find it much more interesting when we kind of go off road with kind them. Kind of go off road. Like yeah. we, we use them as kind of a guideline rather than using them literally. Yeah. It's all about interpretation. Yeah. So crushing metal, you took literally. Yeah. Whereas um, what do you, the, the frog making. The frog sound was taken figuratively. Exactly. Was, he was a frog. But we wouldn't have had that character if you'd limited yourself to those sounds rather than a frog character. Yeah. And which is more interesting in this case. Yeah. Frog character. So yeah. good job there. Good job using all those prompts. Yeah. And the blindness too. It, the blindness, like I felt, I felt some peace knowing that he might regain his vision at, at some point. Too. Well, yeah. We, we discussed this kind of off mic, but if a welder gets that done, if they accidentally flash themselves with a weld, they can regain their sight. I was always paranoid though, because my mother told us if we saw people welding on yeah. the street, not to look at people welding. It can hurt your eyes. It, it can. And I actually, in high school, looked directly into a weld by accident yep. that I did because I had to weld in high school and it's the worst thing I've I done also, in my life. I also welded in the same shops you did and I also looked at at bright arc lights. We won't go into this. This is why we're not welders, Adam. Yeah. Because we're both incompetent. You're not a welder? <laughs> oh, I weld all the time. I'm just not supposed to. My my welding probation officer told me not to. <laughs> but um, I've broken all the weld rules and <laughs> I continue to weld till this to this day. To this Adam. very day. Another thing I would love to bring up is your is Hugo the Frog's Hugo the Frog deep emotional wealth that you put in that character. I felt it. I don't know if anyone else listening felt it, but he felt like strangely easy to relate to. Okay. And you know, I've made mistakes. I want another chance. I feel that. And he's, he's so pensive and he's thinking about things so much. Then I break out of that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a frog. <laughs> yeah. But so one of the, one of the reasons that he is so worried about this job is the fact that he is a frog in a world completely filled with humans. It's very hard for him to get a job. Oh my word. No, it isn't. Celebrity. No, he's feared. He's a feared frog. He's like Shrek the Ogre on Broadway. Sad, singing songs. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I, I didn't even, and I didn't even try for that. I, that was just how he came out. And then at the end, he's super worried too. And this would be where it would really turn into a Quentin Tarantino yeah, movie. Please explain. Or maybe No Country for Old Men situation. What happens with all that money? Are they going to double cross him? Are they going to double cross each other? Now there's three guys and how much would it be? $25 million because it's 10 duffel bags filled with about 2.5 each. And he is blind. And he is blind. And smaller than them. Yeah, and a frog. He might be smaller than them. Who knows how big he is? So, <laughs> He's just a normal-sized frog. <laughs> Why didn't you put your tiny frog mask on? You all know that you stepped on it and crushed it earlier today. Also, maybe that car, maybe it wasn't all that destroyed. They're just lying. 
Yeah, that's the thing. And here's the other thing too. <laughs> this is my own stupid error in writing. Why did they immediately crush the car? Yeah, so, so what happened is the way the storyline, according to what's happening, goes is the boss goes out. He sees these duffel bags in the dirt, and then he crushes the car and comes in. There's but probably other it, workers there. I think my theory of my own story <laughs> is that there were other workers out there that also saw the money and the boss wanted the money for himself and he crushed them in the car. Whoa. That's dark. But that's a great Whoa. beginning of a movie. And, and then, then the frog's like, where's Wolfie? Where's Wolfie? <laughs> Our lovable wolf pal that no one would ever crush in a car. That's interesting, Adam, but this is more interesting. <laughs> Probably. There is a certain allure to this captivating sort of fun idea of having a modern fantasy. So when they take Thor and they put him into the into the superhero films, and suddenly you have this character who's a Norse god who has to interact with cars and Iron Man. And coffee. And coffee. All these things. Same thing with the with what we're doing in this story. Like a scientist who suddenly has huge frogs? How? Is it magic? Also with yours, there's a there's an unexplained talking frog which yeah. you might see in narnia but why are you seeing it in a junkyard yeah i yeah. love that stuff because there's so many unanswered questions but they really they don't need to be answered it's yeah. just it's just fantasy yeah it it definitely raises several questions i definitely viewed yours as being science fiction and it was a science thing that made it so that there were these large frogs and these quite frogs possibly this person and then mine it, it can definitely be taken as a modern fantasy. And then my view of it was just unexplained surrealism. Yeah. Just a frog working in a junkyard. But um, like like you could imagine, imagine in that same story, if that were a novel or something, there's also a, a knight type character yeah. who rides a motorcycle but uses a sword. See That's what I mean? very similar to an idea I had, actually. It's meshing genres, and it's yeah. a beautiful idea. Hmm. That's everything I've got to say. Do you have any more comments? No, except that I had a lot of fun. Before we go, I just want to say that if any of you listeners out there have any ideas for prompts, we would love to hear them. Uh, tweet them to us at The Rules Podcast, and we may end up using them. Or if you just want to talk to us on there about anything, casseroles, economics, books you like, Maybe we like them too. Let us know. Just talk to us on there. Again, we tweet at The Rules Podcast. Dave Piney is our show strategist, assistant producer, and chief baseball consultant. This episode was produced by me, Adam Ganong. And co-produced by me, Philip Hall. Special voice acting by Michael Sarah. Are you making a, you're not making a joke that I'm Michael Sarah, are you? You know I feel bad about being compared to Michael Sarah. No, My, Mikey Sarah, Mikey C has been in the studio this whole time. <laughs> you didn't even notice him? Yeah, he doesn't talk much, does he? Well, he won't be here for next week, but we hope you guys come back to hear us sans Michael Sarah. It's seriously been a blast. It has been. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.